Test with me. Test with me. Test it. Test it. Speak into the mouth. Test it real good. <laughs> Mic over. <laughs> and let's get ready okay. for... <laughs> another episode of Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation! We all know that in Brooklyn, Eric Adams is the borough president, but in Hollywood, Oscar is king! (laughs) Oh, Simon, 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 you, me, and everyone we know is infected, not with coronavirus, (laughs) but with Oscar fever! Yes, far more dead. Oh, Oh God. God. Thank God you didn't open them. Uh, Yes, Oscar fever. Um, It's it's a far more deadly and pernicious... uh, (laughs) Virus than coronavirus. Right. It stokes even more (laughs) xenophobia than than coronavirus, for sure. Um, All right. Here we are, as we are each and every unrelenting week, to talk all things Nets, basketball. The Nets are, Simon, as you are painfully aware. What are you popping first? Oh, sorry. Bud Light Lime. Really? Okay, all right, all right. An old friend. An old friend. Sure. Cheers. Oh, Here we cheers, go. Bill. Sorry, I, I should have waited. No, it's it's totally fine. We've got <laughs> we've got nowhere to go, nothing <laughs> to do. <laughs> it's a couple of guys talking Nets basketball. All right, Nets are currently twenty three and twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Sitting pretty at number seven in the East. We are two up. On the Magic, who are in a free fall. Mm-hmm. Um, we are 5.5 games up on the Washington Wizards. Who oh, are they, in, they, they, have, oh, they kind of have our number, though. I, I would rather the Bulls be in that spot. Sure. I mean, these teams are god-awful. <laughs> these teams are so, so bad. Yeah. Um, but... Now that we are 23 and 27, Simon. Yes. It makes the Nets an even 15 and 15 without Kyrie Irving and a miserable 8 and 12 with him. Yeah. Not uh, to begin this thing with more hand-wringing about whether the Nets are or are not better with Kyrie Irving, but mm-hmm. that seems to me <laughs> undeniable proof that we are worse with Kyrie Irving. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Okay, not, we need say nothing more about that? Uh, I don't think we do. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I again, I think that uh, probably with strengths of schedule stuff, you could argue if a few wins in the in the with Kyrie column, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm still in the he doesn't make us better king. All right, so we've got, as we do um, all weeks, a very busy episode. As Simon alluded to, it's Oscar weekend, and uh, though we likely are not watching the Oscars, we will be discussing the Oscars at some point in this episode. Yes. Are you watching the Oscars? Um, no, but Hillary has to for work. Oh, right, right, right. 
Um, also, in honor to our caucusing brethren out in Iowa, we wanted to do a segment in honor of Shadow, the <laughs> um, app designed to help ease the submission of caucus results that has resulted in a week of even uh, greater shame than the Democratic Party knew uh, it could bring upon itself. Yeah, the kind of shame that is not isolated, like the denunciations are not isolated to the left flank of of the party on this one. Right. Everyone is distancing themselves and trying to cover their tracks. Right. Not even a not even a, a Mayor Pete platitude can uh, <laughs> can get you over this one. Um. But before we get to any of those scintillating topics, I mean, I wanted to hit up a mailbag straight off the bat. Okay. Uh, so we got hit up by uh, hashtag Chilada Snob. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of ours from the deep, de- uh, deep south at this point. Um, he wrote to us saying, this past Stuper Bowl, I had the opportunity to try both Bud Light Lime and Modelo Chilada Limoni Sal back-to-back and thought the Modelo was much, much better. In light of this, maybe next time heresy. I wondered, as we are halfway through the season, if you two would opine on which other NBA team you would want to follow if you weren't eternally tied to the Nets. Hopefully, while doing a little taste test yourselves. P.S. Modelo Chilada Limon Isal only comes in a 24-ounce can, so make sure to wet your whistle. Chilada <laughs> snob. So, with that extremely, um, that extremely maybe next time appropriate question. Yes. <laughs> we have gone out and purchased for ourselves. Simon picked up the Bud Light Lime. I got us a pair of Limon Isal Chiladas. I have not tried the chilada yet. Should we crack it just so that they're both going? Uh, okay. We gotta, I mean, yeah, I guess that's how you do a taste test. Right. We gotta. Right. We gotta try them out. Um, we've got the Bud Light Lime here. This is me. Hey, and if you know <laughs> anyone <laughs> who works with Bud Light Lime, we would love to be in touch. All right. So that's a lime. Yep. That's a taste we have uh, over the mm. years come to really appreciate. <laughs> and here goes our first chilada. Cheers, Bill. Yeah. Mm. I can already. Ooh. The second Ooh. the second it hits your lips, you can tell you're dealing with a different that's animal. That's a different animal. The salt is quite mm. strong in that. It really has a briny sort of taste. I love it. It's yeah. a very nice drink. Um. I wouldn't say I like it better because uh, if you, you or <laughs> anyone you know or love. Right. But uh, I would also say now if you or anyone you love has Modelo Chilada Limoni Sol connections, yeah. we're also open to that. We wouldn't are, you say? I would say we would be we would happily entertain mm. offers to be sponsors for Modelo. I could make the switch that here and really now. That's nice. a really nice That drink. is a nice smooth. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I've, I've never felt or said this out loud before, but I'm sort of dreading heading back to this <laughs> Bud Light Lime situation. Now, if you are someone you love. <laughs> uh, all right. Folks, the question, though, we're ignoring here right. is which other NBA team you would follow if you weren't eternally tied to the Nets? Simon, 
If you weren't a, a hardcore Nets fan, who would you be following right now? In the uh, this is going to upset you probably, Bill, but it would be the Toronto Raptors. Um, huh. My reason is that... Huh? Yeah. I, I know. Um, my reason is that uh, long-time listeners will know all I talk about is that the Nets need to get tougher, uh-huh. get some goons going, and... In my experience watching the Nets play teams, I would say no team goons us better than the Raptors. They are basically stocked from front to back with goons. Uh, you know, like Lowry, um, uh, Van Vliet in the in the backcourt, and and um, Ibaka, and uh, what's who's the Aggie? Um, oh, so Siakam. Siakam and Gasol. Like, those are all just, like, hard-hitting, mm. wear-you-down guys who just, I don't know, like, obviously they're not the most talented team in the league, but they will... They're on, like, a 14-game winning streak or something. Like yeah. I, I mean, I so, you know, I I, I really admire that. I, I wish our, our team was a lot more like the Raptors. Um, this is a difficult question for me because almost every team is more exciting to me at the moment than the Nets, so uh-huh. it's hard to find one to cheat on the Nets with. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big LeBron fan, which would make the Lakers an option, but I could never in good conscience be a, a Laker, like a true Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-Wolves, obviously, with the D'Lo signing, are alluring. Um Grizzlies are exciting. Very young. Two, mm-hmm. three, uh, three guys in their first two years who are pretty awesome. Who's the third? There's Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, uh, the guy they drafted this year, uh, uh, John Morant. John Morant. Yeah. And Brandon Clark. Brandon. Oh yeah. The Gonzaga right. guy. A, who a is... potential guy that we were kind of exactly yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, so very into all those guys, but I think for me, Simon, um, I'm going to go back to a team somewhat reminiscent of the Nets when we really started to love them. I'm going to pick the Detroit Pistons. They just lost their best player um, after losing their other best player, Blake Griffin, for the entire season. Uh, they've got two guys I'm interested in, young guys named Seku Dubayu uh-huh. and uh, Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I don't know Christian Wood. Yeah, I mean that's fair. It's a deep cut, but he is—he's uh, going to get some runs on my fantasy team currently. Mm. He got his first start last night, blew up. Um, I just think that they're an exciting, and in terms of, uh, in addition to exciting, extremely sad team. And something <laughs> about the sadness of the whole thing—like they're not really in rebuild mode. It's too like they have too much money. Tied right, up right. And, and Blake Griffin mostly. Yeah. Um, they haven't started that. They don't. They they. They seemingly haven't. They, they got nothing for Drummond. Nothing. Yeah. Um, and Cap and crap. I think was Bill Simmons' <laughs> right. description. So it's just a team stuck in this quagmire of even lo- like like sub mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and something is very appealing to me about that. Okay. Not that I would uh, relate that in any way to Chilada Limone Salt. Uh, this is nowhere near mediocrity. This is uh, legendary stuff. But thank, thank you, thank yes. you for the question. That was fantastic. Send other questions, um, or you know, contacts of people at either of these esteemed brewing companies. Yep. Um, and we will uh, to maybe next time at gmail dot com or hit us up on Twitter. Um, all right. Next segment, Simon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two potential titles for it. Okay. 
The first one is Silent Night. <laughs> or the other one is another trade line trade deadline comes and goes and all I got was this lousy t-shirt with a printed face of TLC on it. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't mean the awesome band from the 90s. No. I mean Timothée... Lawawu. Lawawu. Cabaret. Yeah. Uh, so the trade deadline offers mediocre at best teams like the Nets a little hope at something radically turning around. Uh-huh. It lets you fantasize that maybe the boring team you're currently watching won't be that boring after the trade deadline. Those dreams are smashed. (laughs) The deadline came and passed, and Mm -hmm. all we did was sign a really unimpressive player in TLC to a multi-year contract. Um, Simon... What 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 could have happened? What could have been? What are your regrets? What do you wish had happened this trade deadline? Um I I would have liked to see us goon up um as usual. Um I had really thought that maybe I mean, look, I mean I, I think in terms of realistic-ish things that we might have done, I thought going after Jeremy Grant could have happened because the Nuggets were pretty active and they have, uh, as we've talked about, an extremely deep bench. Um, uh, and I thought something like a Joe Harris for what uh, for uh, Jeremy Grant would have been good. Um, but you know, I and I like excitement, as you said. This has been kind of a year that uh, you know has has been dull and I also think that this is more proof of of what Steve Lichtenstein and others have sort of said that like the Nets from top to bottom from front office to coaching staff to players are taking the year off like they do not care about this year at all they're not interested in even making incremental improvements if it means like giving up second round picks or whatever they just like this year uh-huh. is a total mulligan and signing TLC to me, proves that even more because they're not looking on the buyout market for a vet. They're seeing, like, okay, can we develop this very cheap... The multi-year deal, just for folks to know, is is very team-friendly, of course. Right. I mean, as it should be, because he's a G League player. <laughs> um, but And it also just... How many... We have, like, five unplayable G League-level players now, um, depending on how well, like, somebody like Kuruks is playing. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. But easily, no, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. Yeah, on that. I mean, Theo is like the the gold standard. Yeah. Uh, Musa right now is of G League talent, um, though very young. Uh, Loa uh, TLC for sure. Um, Kuruksish, you know, depends on whether he's turning the ball over every second or playing well. He has had good games. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and then. And then obviously, like, what's his name is good, but uh, is not super playable right now. Um, uh, Claxton. Claxton will be good, mm-hmm. but in terms of his current level of ability to play in the NBA, is closer to G League, I would say, than the NBA. Yeah, big time. Um, the few things for me, Simon, mm-hmm. and then I and then I want to I want to talk about one thing you sent me earlier today in some detail. Oh yeah. Um, in the Simmons Russillo breakdown, 
they mentioned that Dinwiddie's name had been flying all over the place uh, as the trade deadline approached, but nothing came of it. Uh, that I found very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think um, this would have probably been the most the time we could have gotten the most we will ever uh, in the future or in the past have been able to get for Spencer Dinwiddie. His stock couldn't be higher, um, and it's like the right time in his contract to want to want to take him. I think so. That's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, Drummond was had for a song. It was reported the the, uh, the Rockets offered Capella for Jarrett and Torian Prince. Yeah. Um, what which, do you think about that? Is that not like a must do? I think that you and I, I don't know. I, I thought that sounded great. I mean, they had me at for Torian Prince, uh, but... I I just feel like we must not totally get Capella because I like these these pundits are all like uh, Capella's like you know mediocre and like maybe a little bit overpaid. But to me, Capella is better than Jared Allen. That's what I always thought that like the idea was that maybe if we're lucky, mm-hmm. Jared could be a shade of Clint Capella. Right. With a little more muscle. I don't muscle. watch enough Rockets basketball to have a strong opinion right. about Clint Capella. Right. Like I just see his numbers. He appears to be a much better rebounder. I think he's at least a comparable rim protector. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good pick and roll guy and he can't shoot threes and Jared can't shoot threes. Like right. I, I, mm-hmm. I see him as like a bigger, slightly older um, guy who's on a reasonable contract. Whereas I think with Jared, we're going to have to give him a really big contract hmm. um, coming up, which it might be more uh, of a reason why we should have done that. Um, now, the other Rockets thing is kind of what I really mm-hmm. wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. So that's sort of a missed opportunity. Intro- like, I could see an argument on either side. Yeah. They could be higher on Torian than we are and think that he still has a long way to develop. Well, you know. and, and they may not want to take on the $16 million of Capella right now. They're happy to get, like, you know, ha- have Jarrett. And also, if you trade Jarrett, that means probably one of, if not your most interesting young uh, uh, like players uh-huh. is gone for a bigger trade like you wouldn't have him to package with like right. um, other players for a, for a bigger player sure um, so the other one that apparently Woj is talking about now do you want to explain what what he said yes so um, the the basics are that the rockets it, 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 yeah the rockets Wanted to bring in the Nets into the four-team trade that was the Capella and and et cetera, et cetera, um, trade with the Hawks and others. Um, And they were interested. The target of of their desire was DeAndre Jordan. Mm -hmm. Um, And it isn't – Woj doesn't say what the Nets would either get for him or have to, I would say, more likely have to give up in order to get off of him. Uh But he does say that the Nets were not interested in whatever it was the Rockets were selling. Right. So I I think it's worth talking about. I mean, it's difficult to talk about because we don't know what we else we would have had to give up to get off of him if we would have had to give something up. I mean, the Rockets need a replacement center. Mm-hmm. So it's possible we wouldn't have had to attach anything to get off of him. In which case, 
get off of him. But I think that this this ominous implication is that DeAndre Jordan is untouchable. Yeah, right? I at least for right now. And I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this at Katie's corner. But like the more every time that Kyrie and and KD talk about him, mm-hmm. it's like as a third musketeer, and like it very much like a core piece to them. So like. If we had any doubt that that's why he's here, which we didn't, but it just is more and more solidified. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that is a good good place to transition to Katie's Corner. Um, also could be called Simon Shares a Tweet. Yeah. Uh, you shared a couple tweets. Mm-hmm. Let's talk first tweet. Okay. Do you want me to? Yeah. Uh, okay, so he was on... Kevin Durant was on... The Showtime show, I think it's like Smoke the Smoke, um, with Steven Jackson and um, Barnes, Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. Um, and they basically rehashed every question that Kevin Durant has been asked for the last six months <laughs> um, in a pretty, uh, you know, I don't know, sycophantic and un- interesting way. But <laughs> that's what uh, he likes, though. Yes, he does like that. Um, what I and I would say, if anyone listening to this who is aware of Kevin Durant and his recent, you know, uh, points in his career, will basically know what questions were asked and his his answers. Right? They didn't really change too much. Um, the one thing I did want to talk about, though, about this was I had not heard Kevin Durant talk about the Kyrie Irving comments. Um, which they did ask him about. Yeah. And his reaction was basically very in line with Kyrie saying, you know, the media is ready to hate him. They print, you know, they're, they're, they have this um, narrative that they want to advance. And anything he says, they're going to hate. And he's not a dick in the locker room. That's what uh, Kevin Durant maintains. And... Um, he was just talking about, like, you know, wanting to, I don't know, like, get the team better or something like that. Mm. So, some I forget exactly how he phrased it, but he, he he seemed to be saying, like, he wasn't trying to say some players need to be traded. Blah, blah, blah. But basically right. came into his total defense, which is not particularly surprising. But if there's one player who I think could get away with being like, yeah, Kyrie sometimes says, like, a little, you know what I mean? And not have that be... Um, you know, he's the one, he's the alpha dog who could do that. Um, and he didn't, and he also reiterated that he basically thinks like, you got to let Kyrie be Kyrie. He's an artist, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's an artist, which that was a, that was a a pullout quote. Right. Um, he did say though that he is willing to stand up to Kyrie. Mm, Yes. Well, and to, yeah, critique him on the, on the court. Yeah, yeah. On the court. Right, right, right. But I think, I think, I think both of their, or maybe this is part of their unique bond with one another is that they both feel like they are being set up by the media. Yes. And that they are under attack and that nothing they can say or do will be interpreted in a way that they mean for it to be interpreted. And therefore it's sort of like in an adversarial relationship. Absolutely. And, and they both, I think feel like they're just getting, um, they are a means to profitability for the media. Um, 
so I didn't listen to any of that. I did re- I read the summary. Um, so I didn't I didn't actually hear that part about his sort of defense of Kyrie. Uh, but what I did see was a video clip that you sent me, Simon. Mm. Um, Kevin Durant eh, runs. Yeah, pretty it's much a run. run. Pretty it's much a run. run. He yeah. runs across a basketball court. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say sprint. Yeah, wouldn't but, say sprint either. But it's a it's a more than a jog. Definitely. Uh, more than a light jog, anyway. And it goes across the court, and then he sort of turns around <laughs> and throws a football uh, to no one, not to his intended target, um, but it goes somewhere. So he's able to throw a football after sort of running um, or sort of sprinting, and um, that. Is meant to tell us what Simon? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he. Ba- I mean, how much more do you need? <laughs> like, this is uh, classic KD quarter stuff, though. Mm-hmm, so thank definitely. you for sending it along. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I think that to me it means that we no longer have to rely on our knowledge of really bizarre looking treadmills. <laughs> <laughs> Now he's right, on to right, like with one of his two feet bizarrely shadowed out, right? So right. you can't see what's yeah, going on. Yeah, hidden hidden foot uh, space <laughs> treadmills are out. Running on a court is in. Right, right. We've all ran on a court before. We right. have some understanding of what it takes to do that. When we did run on that court, we probably had both of our Achilles intact, so yep. we know that that you know that. Yeah, checks that box. Right, exactly. Um, and you know, uh, you know, excited to, uh, you know, I don't know. I it, it it's it's it's. T- I have to admit, it's tantalizing to me. <laughs> okay. I, I I don't know. I guess when I get a video <laughs> of someone who is you know an athlete on a level that is incomprehensible. Um, to ever personally like achieve, and you see them do something where you're like, you know, what? I could have probably run across across that court quicker, and thrown at least as accurate a pass. I mean, it was a wildly inaccurate pass. Um, I'm not, I'm not like you think blown you could have gone faster than Kevin Durant. You know, he's like 6'10". Yeah, I mean, yeah, even like a light jog for him is probably faster than my sprint, but. Um, I could have thrown it more accurately. Okay. I I do genuinely believe that. Um, so anyway, I wasn't wowed by the physicality of it. I wasn't wowed by any aspect of it, to be perfectly honest. But I am glad it is giving people hope, um, including uh, you. Oh, yeah. And it's not just the Chilada talking. No, I mean, the Chilada is going to be doing a lot of the talking for me for the rest <laughs> of this cast because... We have just a, quite a lot of beer going on right now. Um, we haven't we haven't done a, a cast quite like this in no, a while. As you were saying, we've mostly moved to tea. We've mostly yeah, but you know, if you or someone you, know, <laughs> you love, uh, all right, we're gonna move into Oscar territory. Great, all right. Uh, it's a light, light episode. This is fun. Not, I light mean, and fun. Yeah. yeah, light. Keep it fresh. Keep it fun. It's just, it's just a shame the trade deadline thing. I wish we were talking about. Something. What? Oh, can I say just quickly on, on this before we actually uh, have a reasonably length podcast to make sure that we don't? Yeah. What do you think the fact that we didn't trade Joe Harris 
means? Do you think that well, means anything? I think something that I have been uh, hearing a lot, but I guess I don't fully understand, and I feel like a lot of people in the league don't fully understand, and which is why it's only sort of like alluded to as a thing that people are thinking about doing, is the whole sign-in trade mm-hmm. thing. So that is how the Nets got what will ultimately be a second-round pick from the Warriors for getting rid of D'Angelo Russell and getting Kevin Durant. Um, it sounds like this is becoming an increasingly popular thing. Like Tristan Thompson is a guy who in previous years, I guess, would have probably been a buyout candidate. But this year is more likely going to be a sign-and-trade candidate because it gives the players um, a degree of agency mm-hmm. over where they go if the team works with them. And so I'm not saying that, like... Um, this means that we're going to get like a ton for Joe Harris yeah, yeah, or, or sure. necessarily anything. But I, I do think that it's going to be an increasingly common thing where you're where like these expiring mm-hmm. contracts maybe don't move in quite the same way, like at the trade deadline, but are instead something happens with them in the sign and trade. But again, I don't know enough. So your so are. your sense is that it doesn't mean that we're going to try to keep him. It means that we're going to try to sign him. Um, so that we can I, can trade. I guess my point w- more was I think that the Nets believe that it's not like they had to trade him now, and there wasn't possible him. to get anything Got for it. him. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I think there's a chance they think maybe hey we could get like a second. In the worst case scenario, if we can't resign him, we could still maybe get a second or something. Mm-hmm. In addition to which, I, I I think that there are very few teams with very much money this year. Yeah. Um, and the teams that do have money are not the type of teams that are going to need to invest heavily in a three-point shooting specialist. A twenty a twenty seven year old like nice piece to have. Right. If like you're a guy, going if you're, for if a you're championship. And you yeah. need like a knockdown shooter. Yeah. So I think that there is a pretty decent chance that his market won't be as terrifyingly large as we're currently fearing it. Or as we have, you mm-hmm. know, previously talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope you're right. Um, I, I don't want to lose Joe for nothing. Uh, and I would be perfectly happy to have him on the team and I would be perfectly happy to see what we could get for him. I just don't want to, you know, lose him for, for nothing, but it seems like I agree with you. It seems like we're confident that one way or another, we will not lose him for nothing. All right. Well, that's a relief. <laughs> um, Limoni Saul. My God. Uh, all right. Oscars theme. Simon, this was your suggestion. Yes. What are we doing here? So we are, uh, for Oscars week, I thought it'd be fun to uh, compare Nets players to movie stars. <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up. <laughs> uh, great. So do you want to kickstart it then? Sure, sure. So my first one is... Are, now, are these going to be stars that are in current um, Oscar-nominated films or, or no, currently... No, not okay. for me anyway. For, I, I, I didn't do that either. Okay, so. great. Great. 
Uh, I mean, I couldn't tell you pretty very many um, <laughs> of the Oscar nominated things. Right, right. So my first one, Bill, is Kyrie Irving is Tom Cruise. Okay. Ooh. Uh, my thinking on that is that Tom Cruise is a notorious notorious for being um, like a very managed persona in the media. Like he will only give interviews to people who he's like very comfortable around the times that he has not done that and gotten like questions about Scientology. He's basically melted down. Like there's like a famous clip of him telling, I think it's Matt Lauer, like Matt, you glib, you glib. When he's like basically talking about how like maybe postpartum depression could be treated with drugs sometimes. And he's like, you're glib, you're glib. And like, it's like a complete nut. Or when he like is talking to Oprah and this, isn't an adversarial thing. It's just like he's talking about Katie Holmes and trying to sell that that marriage wasn't about promoting a movie. I don't know. uh, Whatever weird stuff they they did to like basically like audition for his wife. Anyway, um, he's a nut and he's also very... They're not going to argue with you on that. And he's also very um, wary of the media. So that's why. Okay. There is no such thing as a chemical imbalance. So, so depression to you is, is that kind of a little no. psychological goop, gobbledygook? No, no, I did not say. I'm that. just asking what you no. what would you no. call it? Absolutely, Matt. That is the post. Now, now you're talking about two different things. But that's what she went on the yeah. antidepressant for. But what happens the antidepressant? All it does is mask the problem. There's ways of vitamins and through exercise and various things. I'm not saying that that isn't real. But but aren't there examples where it works? You're glib. You don't even know what rhythm is. If you start talking about chemical imbalance, you have to evaluate and read the research papers on how they came up with these theories. Don't you think there's some Kyrie in oh, that yeah. clip? That's, that, that, has, <laughs> that has serious Kyrie vibes to it. If you just read the research papers... <laughs> Oh, sorry, Tom. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Tom MD. <laughs> um, very good one. Very good one. Though I don't believe Tom Cruise has ever been um, nominated for an Academy Award, has he? Really? Oh, that can't be true. If that, if that is not, I mean, come on. Well, oh, Jerry Maguire, maybe what? Yeah, or um, I don't know. Like uh, Magnolia, he was really good in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, he's great in um, that movie with Jamie Foxx that we saw, the Michael Mann movie, Collateral. Oh, he was he, okay. So he's been nominated for Born on the Fourth of July. Oh yeah. And Jerry Maguire. Okay, you're right. And then Best Supporting Actor in Magnolia. Mm. So we were both uh, we we're both right. Wow. Okay. My <laughs> first one, Simon, is going to be Oscar bait. Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Who do you think I think Dame Judy Dench? Dame Judy. I honestly don't have a clue, Bill. Okay. This one is a bit of a stretch for sure. <laughs> um, so I feel like knowing to like full disclosure, my knowledge of her oeuvre is limited. Mm. Um, but I feel like Judy Dinch has cornered the market on playing like an austere like queen 
Uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. right, like yeah. an elderly, yeah. yes. stately queen yes. who exerts a huge amount of power and influence, but says very little, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that that is sort of the role that DeAndre Jordan wants to be playing, right? Like he wants to exert power and influence on the court without doing anything. Right, he right. wants to stand mm-hmm. there and essentially somehow be a good basketball player. Got it. Um, especially on defense. And so that, I think, is him doing his best uh, Ju- Dame Judy Dench impersonation. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, my next one is... Just, just put it out there. Was has not been nominated for an Oscar. Okay. Okay. So I'm cheating a little bit here. Right. Sure. It's a cheat day. Uh, but it is Jared Allen as McLovin. <laughs> <laughs> I think those two are really similar. It it says my name's McLovin. <laughs> Muhammad is the most common name in the world. McLovin is incredible. He's also good in role models. I don't know his yeah. real name, but that's neither here nor there. He will forever be known, at least in my book, <laughs> as, as McLovin, McLovin. For sure. Yeah, he's very much, he's a stiffler type of guy. Yes, exactly. Um, that role will forever define him. Exactly. I just think Jared is also a, a you know, a, a, a likable but impossible to not see as a big nerd. All right, my next guy, Simon, is a perennially snubbed. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Interesting. I think I know where we're going with His this one. His name is Spike Lee. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, okay. All yes, right. yes. <laughs> Spike Lee to me is the equivalent of a Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie, a man who doesn't make get invited to be in the mm-hmm, worthless mm-hmm. skills challenge and feels the need to angrily tweet mm. about it as if it means anything right. to anyone. I think Zach Lowe brought it up on his cast, said he would be willing to, you know, set up a skills tournament for him. Uh but 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 Spencer Dinwiddie is is of course uh, feels like he's snubbed for every yes. single honor um, on earth and is not recognized. Now that said, I think Spike Lee has legitimate beef with the Oscars. Yeah. Um, whereas in general, I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie has that sort of legitimate um, beef. I agree with the NBA. Do you have another one? I do, and it's also Spencer. Oh, great. Uh, it is a different aspect, but kind of getting it a similar <laughs> thing. Um, it is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie as uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh. And that is because <laughs> Quentin Tarantino I really like as a, as a director. I think yes. he's made a lot of great movies. Agreed. But any interview with Quentin Tarantino, you're like, oh, God, you are so instantly worthless. Like, he has – I've never seen an interview where I'm not – like ashamed to like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, no, no. He um, he seems to have a, a pretty insufferable personality. He is, he is yeah, he's really But wretched. he has made fantastic movies. Yeah. And so similar like, you know, Spencer has has been really good for the Nets yeah, in a lot of ways. Second he's best player he's this year. saved our bacon a number of times, but when he opens his mouth, it is usually irritating. Um I I only came up with two. To be honest, yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, and we had who, two themes. Who for are you rooting sake. for uh, for best picture? 
I don't even I honestly don't know who what's not. I don't know the full I think they do more than they used to as well. There's like twelve or sixteen or something like that. But of the movies, what's your what's your twenty nineteen fave? Huh. Good question. I get look, I don't know. This is gonna be another Meryl Streep type thing. But I <laughs> I I did like Parasite. I thought Parasite was very good. I haven't seen it. Um I would say that was probably the movie I off the top of my head right. that I liked the most okay. that came Great. out this year. Um, let's move on to our next segment called, Oh Shit, I Think the App is Broken. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great one, Bill. i got to hand it to you. Um, or if you're in Iowa, Oh Shucks, I Think the App is Broken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cursing, I imagine, is mm-hmm. frowned upon mm-hmm. in Iowa. Mm-hmm. but um, And called cursing. Yes. Uh, so anyway, this is, since last week we spent so much time talk- caucusing for various players. Yeah. Um, this week we are going to talk about the fallout from the caucus, which is that no one has any idea who won Iowa. Uh, likely we never will. Uh, at least, you know, Pete and, and Bernie have both claimed uh, victories. I hope the latter is true and wish nothing but bad things to happen to the former. But... Um, This segment is trying to come up with scenarios related to the Nets in which we had the Shadow app that was used disastrously in Iowa to stop whatever had happened Mm -hmm. from actually happening. Mm -hmm. So the example I gave to Simon, uh, a way to think about it, is like if if we had an inbounds pass at the end of the game... (laughs) And we throw it to Quincy Acey, who immediately, like, tries to bite the ball and it goes out of bounds. Right. Then we get, we can blame it on the app and we get to redo the thing. Yeah. So we're trying to come up with scenarios like that. I'll start with one. Great. It's a pretty obvious one. I feel like we need the Shadow app for every single press conference that Kyrie Irving has involved Oh, my in. God. That was mine. Or one of mine. <laughs> that is great. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the obvious yeah. one. Um, if, if we could simply say, <laughs> oh, he didn't say he was going to trade this, this, and this player. It was just the app. No, Here, it was an app. Listen to it again. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. It didn't say that. That sounds like a faulty app. Yeah. Um, we need that. Kyrie needs that. Uh, and the sooner Sean Marks can make that happen, the better. I bet Sean Marks is probably friends with a lot of the uh, designers of, of Shadow, actually. Yeah. They probably run in the same sort of... Maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe. I I hope not just for rank incompetence for issues. Co- but... Yeah, competency's <laughs> sake, right. But, yeah. Um, so my only other one was, um, another Kyrie thing, which is the Kyrie injury gate, uh, where they said it was a day-to-day shoulder impingement, no biggie, and it spiraled into a 26-game thing that they were totally secretive about and gave us no information and led to a ton of, uh, conspiracy theories, um, much like Iowa, um, and, uh... And I would, yeah, it would be great to just app that and say, whoop, we, uh, the app said it was day to day, but it was actually, uh, basically half the season. Um, speaking of which, Kyrie, inj- Kyrie Irving is injured. Mm hmm. 
Have you heard anything? What what sense do you have of this injury when he's coming back? Is he back before the All Star break? After I I would, is he back this season? <laughs> I think that he is back this season um, because I think he'd like to be back this season, and okay. whatever Kyrie wants, he gets. Sure, but great. I don't think he's going to be back before the All Star break. I think he's probably going to be. If I had to guess, I'd say. Three weeks out. So this will be one week. He'll have two weeks with the All-Star break, break, another week of playing, and then Kyrie plays 42 minutes a game. Right. (laughs) Um, All right. My other one is fourth quarters. Oh, yes. Um, Good one. Fourth quarters for the Nets no longer (laughs) exist. Mm -hmm. Uh, As we talked about in an earlier episode, we are bad in the fourth quarter. We're really bad in the fourth quarter. Currently, we, we, we got one team better. So the Hornets are worse than us in the fourth quarter, but no other team is as bad as us in the fourth quarter. I was going to say, not when the Hornets play us. No, they are (laughs) crushed us. Cody Zeller looks like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, So anyway, I would like, after each fourth quarter is played and the inevitable result is that we lose, Mm -hmm. that um, instead the app says... I don't know what happened. Yeah. Maybe they lost. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they won. We need to recanvas. Let's go to New Hampshire. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Let's let's have Klobuchar pummel him in the debate. <laughs> oh yeah, she had an another another amazing debate performance yeah. from Klobuchar. I read like the New York Times editorial board's reviews of of the Klobuchar blew it out of the. He was like eight point eight. Bernie actually came in second, and even in their very hostile reviews. Maybe of they maybe they. They're trying to like kiss of death him. They've yeah, realized right, that right, their right. that their endorsement <laughs> is poison. Right. Uh, Warren was a distant third, followed by Buttigieg, who had some unkind things said about him. Then even further back was Biden. Right. Who the, I guess... uh, the um, elder abuse victim. Right. Exactly. He... I can't, I've told so many people that line. It is so good, <laughs> and it is exactly what's happening. Like, really, we need, like, a hashtag free Biden. (laughs) Someone needs to stop this. It's not fair. He, he, I assume he did not watch the debate. You assume correctly. He started the debate. You're very lucky. I I didn't watch much of it, but I watched a little bit of it, got upset, and demanded we turned off because I was too upset. Uh Anyway, um, he apparently started off the debate Un- unprovoked, talking about how badly he lost in Iowa <laughs> and about how New Hampshire is like, he oh, might, I he took might it on the do, nose. Might, I literally, he basically said that. Yeah. And then he said something about, like, you know, not looking forward, like, New Hampshire could also be bad or something like right. that. He's like, God, no one ever does well in a state <laughs> contiguous to where they've been in power for their entire careers, huh? Well, this is going to be a bloodbath for the old Joe Meister, but I'll tell you what, I'm not gnawing on my wife's calf at the moment, so things are pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, that's the best the Democratic establishment has to put forward. And get in line, folks. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's about it for this week. Yeah, absolutely. Simon, where you have any? Oh, hey, we should mention this because we were hard on Karis last week. Mm. Karis had a good game or two. He had he had one 
uh, un, without asterisk game, good game. Okay. Then he had another game where he scored a lot, but he was like eight for twenty. Right. Um, okay. He was good from free throw. He had like eight, eight assists. Eight for twenty is much better than he, he usually is. But. Yes. So, but you could argue that forty percent is not what you should be shooting for. Yeah. Um. So yes, he's had a couple of games where he was a was a big factor, and one unequivocally good game. Great. That's the future right there, folks. <laughs> that said, Simon, where can people hit us? You've got to find us on maybe next time at gmail.com. Send your comments, quotes, uh, or comments, your quotes if you want. Yeah. Send we us love, a quote. We love to quote people. Send us a quote. We love quoting you. Send us a, a quote for your services build. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> quote. On, yeah. <laughs> Did you enjoy a Bud Light Live? Wait, it's yeah. on us. Yeah, it's this on Bud Light Live's on us. Come on, send us the quote. So, uh, or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at maybe next time, and please find us on virtually all podcast, uh, you know, uh, places where you find podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Give us so five many. Star we we just moved over to Anchor. Anchor. From yes, Boom. We right. haven't even mentioned it. Right. We switched. It shouldn't affect how you get this podcast mm-hmm. if you're a subscriber if you're not subscribe if you're not and you're listening still subscribe, subscribe. Like, you, you know you want it you, I mean, you, you might think you're better but you ain't you're not better than this <laughs> subscribe rate and review at your earliest convenience <laughs> um, but we are on anchor now which is owned by spotify so we're up on spotify and we're up on nine other platforms um, including radio public including overcast including <laughs> Google Podcasts, including Breaker. Uh, holy shit. I've not heard of any of these. No, Stitcher, no one has. I mean, there's just so many of these things. We're up on all of them, and we are bringing you some of the freshest, flyest content out there. Re-Nets Nation. Yes. Um, so, anyway, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to update your, your, your feed or whatever. I think it should be automated. Um, we got under out from under. The big thumb of Audio Boom. Yeah, they were charging us. We were paying ten dollars a month to bring this excellent, excellent content to you. Um, that's before Bud Light Lime fees, mm-hmm. um, and it just wasn't worth it. Anchors, a look at this. It's nice. It looks. It's great. Yeah, it looks looks that, looks contemporary. That yes, exactly. That looks modern and fresh. Right. It is. It's sleek. It's under. Yeah. Spotify is not going to make something look bad. Um, so anyway, thanks for listening, as always, and we will go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady, we'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. Personal columns There was this letter I read